and anyone remember Blockbuster in here? Uh-oh, I saw a couple hands not raised. Um, it's okay. It's okay. It was a blessing on a Friday night. You go to Blockbuster and uh, rent a movie, and if you're a boy, maybe even a girl, rent a game or two, and uh, it was all good. NBA Live, 96. I was nine years old. Sega Genesis. Anyway, um, you know, Sega has now become synonymous to Atari with video games. You know, like when we were young, it was Atari. It's like, what, the, what is Atari? Now kids are like, what is Sega? You know, they know Sonic. Anyway, so Blockbuster, at the um, kind of like at the height of, of their existence, they had 9,000 stores across the country and over 60,000 employees. And um, they were killing the game. I mean, they were, they were killing it. Uh, Netflix came around a bit later, and Netflix uh, started out selling DVDs online. And then um, their, their founder and their CEO caught on to this idea of, Instead of selling DVDs, we're going to live stream movies. We're going to offer it to our subscribers. Um, and it was catching on kind of slow, and uh, they didn't have the finances to fund this new idea. I mean, they were right at the early stages of, of the advancement of technology and live streaming and all this stuff. And so um, the CEO of, of Netflix went into uh, Blockbuster's headquarters in Dallas, Texas, um, in the early 2000s, and he offered to sell Netflix for $50 million to the Blockbusters team. And um, they, they not understanding, like, the ways of the times and the seasons, they, the, the guy said that they laughed him out of the meeting. Like, get out of here. You're, what, what is this? Live streaming? What are you talking about? So they laughed him out of the meeting, and um, years had passed by. That meeting happened in 2000, and in 2004, um, Blockbuster was, was doing well, but around 2007, Netflix began to boom. And Blockbuster tried to adapt, but by then it was too late. Netflix was already dominating the market, and Blockbuster just couldn't compete on even terms. By 2010, Blockbuster lost $1.1 billion, and it was worth $24 million. So his worth was less than what Netflix was attempting to sell Netflix for. Um, and uh, while Netflix was worth, at the time, $13 billion, in 2013, Blockbuster closed down uh, the last of its stores. And the first quarter of 2014, Netflix was worth $19.7 billion. Uh, needless to say, Blockbuster missed an opportunity. And now, as a result, there's an entire generation that doesn't know what the heck Blockbuster is. But we agree. Wow. Yes, I'm looking at my, uh, my young and up-and-coming superstars in the room. They're like, no, we don't know what it is. We've seen yellow and blue Blockbuster. Yeah, I mean, they just missed an opportunity. And, and I mean, it sucks. If you're taking notes, an opportunity is a favorable chance to advance or progress. A favorable chance to advance or progress. Now, I don't think God wants us to miss opportunities. I think God wants us to latch on to every single opportunity that he has for our lives. And uh, as I read the scripture, more specifically as I read, um, as I follow up on last week and we enter back into Genesis, not yet, we'll pull up the verse here in a second. I see a God who creates the world so day one, day two, day three, all the way through day six. And he puts in it, like we said last week, everything that we need to succeed. 
I mean, everything. He, he gives us uh, the trees, and he gives us plants, and he gives us fruit, and he gives animals, and he, he, the oil is under there, and he gives all the resource that we need. Uh, this world is big enough for 7 billion people to prosper, but he gives us everything that we need. Um, more importantly, what I see in Genesis is I see that he gives us opportunity. That's what I see. I see that he gives us as people a favorable chance to grow, to advance, and to progress in the things of Christ. That's what it was. And so when Adam opens up his eyes, his outlook, as we, as we described last week, a window is, is, we can look inside of windows, but the original intent of the creation of the window was to actually look out. And so the window is actually a representation of our perception or our perspective, how we view the world, how we view what we have, how we view things. And when I think about how good God is reading the creation story, and when I think about when Adam may have opened his eyes for the first time, we see that God's intent was for Adam to have an outlook, an opportunistic outlook. Like, man, like, not only do I have everything I need, not only is today going to be a great day, but today is an opportunity to advance. Today is an opportunity to grow. Today, there's an opportunity to make a difference. Today is an opportunity to shift my mindset. That's what we see in the creation story. So life itself is the greatest opportunity that we have. Not a job. That's a part of life. Not a relationship. That's a part of life. Not money. That's a part of it too, but life itself and what we do with life. Before we can actually do something with it is how we see it. All right, so th- this, is, this is week two of, um, of, of, of that. If you're taking notes, optimal in honor of the name of the series. Optimal means best or most favorable. Outlook is a general attitude towards life. So an optimal outlook is to have the best, the best attitude towards life. It's to actually be intentional about waking up every morning. And uh, I, I didn't, I, I feel my flow better in this service, actually. So praise the Lord, because last service, I'm like trying to figure out where I'm at. Like, what? But this morning, um, babe, forgive me for this, but I, I'll, I'll tread lightly. This morning, uh, we woke up, and um, <laughs> I'm not going to look at you. We, uh, <laughs> she, she was getting dressed, and I love it because I'm actually going to praise you for something. She was getting dressed, and I'm um, getting my cool point, points, man. Um, she was getting dressed, and um, she just kind of put something on. You know, she, she put on, like, uh, and that's all good. We do it all the time. Like, she, she put on the same pants she wore last night to flourishing, had, like, this black top and her uh, uh, superhero shirt underneath. And I'm, I'm just getting up, and she's on her way out. I'm like, babe, I'm like, you, is, is that your setup clothes, or are you, is that what you're wearing today? She's like, oh, I'm just, I don't feel good. I just, I don't, I don't feel good. And I, I'm on my phone kind of waking up. I said, well, they say if you dress up, it makes you feel better. But I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm just in a, you feel me? I'm, I'm just in a season where, like, I'm so done with people's faces. and, and so. 
Who did anything to you? Yeah, we all have a story, but you're alive. You're breathing. We're going to get simple about this. I know, man, like tragedies have happened and, you know, we, we all, but today's a new day. And so she was like, well, you know, there was this young lady at Flourishing last night. She had on this fly dress and these nice tennis shoes, and it was nice. And so this girl, yeah, she said, what shoes, babe? And she cleaned off the ones she has on now. She says, I feel inspired. Being intentional, not just letting it, oh, man, it's early. I haven't had my coffee. I got to clock in in 10 minutes. It takes 30 minutes to get to work. Well, you might as well just pray and read the Bible. You're late anyway. And don't speed before you kill someone. You're late. (laughs) Like, you're late. You probably end up behind me because I'll be chilling, you know. You're late. Just chill. And then don't, you know, don't you hate people like, you don't hate people, but don't you hate when people, just that's unpastoral. Don't you hate when people, they're speeding to a red light. Can I put you up on something for you speeders out there? Watch how simple this is. You're wasting gas. Ah, thank you. Woo, you guys are free therapy. Because I tell my wife all the time, and it dawned on her, like, we're wasting gas when we speed to right. Take your, sorry, sorry, okay. Anyway, the Bible heads are like, I'm out of here. I'm never coming back. What is it? Blockbusters and Netflix and his wife. So we're going to read. Y'all ready? Genesis 2, verse 4. (laughs) This is the account of uh, the creation of the heavens and the earth. There are three heavens. So you got to be careful when you read this. Uh, The first heaven is the one that we see. So the blue sky and the clouds, or you know, however it's going to look out there. That second heaven is um, space. And the third heaven is where God exists. You can't see beyond with your natural eyes is where he exists. Um, Praise the Lord. Paul says, I was caught up in the third heaven, and I saw things that I can't even express. Um, It's it's an amazing, beautiful place. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's it's glorious. So, uh, and it says this here, when the Lord God made the earth and the heaven, so he's talking about the sky and and space, um, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. There were no people to cultivate the soil. So watch that right there, opportunity. There were no people to work the blessing, the goodness, okay? And so it says, instead, instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life, ruach, the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person if you read king james he became a living soul so this is dead and what i tell people like this is a tent 
but, but when, we, when we die, our soul passes on to be with God forever through faith in Jesus. God is so faithful. Thank you for Jesus. Or we end up separated from him for eternity in a place called hell. And so um, it says this here, verse 8. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow from, um, from, let me see, sorry, from the ground trees that were beautiful that produced delicious fruit. Let's skip down to verse 15. Then the Lord placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord warned him out of love. He warned him. Now, this is where it gets pretty interesting because um, we're about to read about here the, the tree. And so it says here, he warned him, you may eat freely of every tree in the garden. Yeah. Like you, you got a lot that you can eat from. But he goes on and he says this here, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. It says this here, verse 18, then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Verse 19 in conclusion. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. Um, a lot of stuff happening there. Uh, one, um, evil is present in the earth at this time. Um, Satan has been banished from heaven uh, because of the sin of pride. And um, God wasn't having it, so he banished him from heaven and he sent him um, to the earth, essentially. He sent him to the earth. And evil is present. On the other side, though, we see a God of love because we see a God who did not create robots. When God created us, he wanted us to have feelings and he wanted us to, to feel good and to flourish and, and to prosper. Genesis 1 says that he blessed them to to multiply and to overcome and to have dominion. That was God's intent. And so he, he created us with free will. He created us with the ability to make decisions. So he's telling Adam, like, look, um, evil is present, but you don't have to go in that direction. Negative thinking knocks at your door, but you don't have to feed on it. Uh, pessimism knocks at your door, but you don't have to own it. Laziness knocks at your door, but you don't have to be lazy. You can, you can choose something better. And so um, he didn't create robots. You know, he wanted to do life with us. He wanted to have community with us. And so today I want to uh, give us a message entitled, The Window of Opportunity. That's the title of today's message. Life itself is an opportunity. I was doing some reading for this, and uh, it's interesting. They say that people who make over $100,000 a year, especially in certain areas of the country, um, almost 70% of people, and this is just one parameter, we can choose other things besides money, but almost 70% of people who make over 100 grand a year see life as an opportunity. They don't blame society for their shortcomings or their downfalls or their past or what something did to them or what, what, what happened here, what happened there. They have a different mindset because you have some people who have a pit-like mindset where it's just like, I'm in a pit. And I'm here. And there's nothing I can do to change it. Then you have people who have a different mindset who says, I'm in a pit, 
But man, this is an amazing opportunity. I, I can grow from here. I can grow from here. The window of opportunity, the, the window, the window, the window. It's as if when God created Adam, once again, Adam woke up and he, he just, wow. Wow. I love what the Bible says. It says that God says that it is not good for man to be alone. So everything wasn't perfect. But Adam had the wherewithal and the sensitivity and the discernment to identify that it's good. And so I have, opportun- I have the favorable chance to advance and grow and prosper. Uh, March of 2015, I started working the 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. shift at Florida Hospital off of 601 Rollins Avenue, Orlando, Florida, Florida Hospital South. Uh, I forget the zip code. I'm not that good. And, um, man, let me tell you, like sleep. Anyone ever work the graveyard shift? Show of hands. Ugh. Sleep cycles are off. Um, I was in a season where I would go out in the heat and pins and needles would fire me up. My hands and my feet, we just could not identify why. Pins and needles, and I didn't want to go out in the heat. I'd yell at my wife, make sure you start the car, put on the AC, put the baby in. I'm just going to run to the car and get in it. Like, I don't know what in the world was going on with me. Um, They say if you work the the graveyard shift, you have a 7% increased chance of having heart disease the older you get. Um, An increased chance or an increased risk of cancer, increased risk of falling under depression, um, my baby, boy, my oldest boy had just started baseball, and I vowed to never miss a game. I ended up missing like two or three games, and I missed all of his practices. So just th- this shift was daunting, but it, it's what God had called us to. We didn't, Pastor Kyron and I didn't have any medical benefits. Um, um, the, the, the checks were slim, but it was this, this, this thing that God had called us to because of the differential pay and in, in the four days of the week that I got off, in which really I didn't have four days a week off. I had more like two because when you work three night shifts, you got to recover and recoup for like two of those whole days, right? So you really only have two days off, and you got this team that's going to move with you to Maryland and all this. And it, it, it's just, it was a freaky, crazy, stressful, what are we doing type season. What is it going to lead to? What, what's the purpose of all this? You know, I got a church up here who just started. They want to start a second location. They just offered us 80 grand in Florida to lead the second campus that they want to start. And I mean, it's just all laid out. But, but this, this is what God had called us to. We, we were not going to go with that opportunity. We had a God opportunity. There's a difference between a good opportunity and a God opportunity. And the God opportunity is going to hurt sometimes. And so with that, I go to work. I go to work. I say, well, this is just going to be what it is. It's going to be how I'm going to feel. I'm going to be in zombie mode. That's what it is. But what I can do is um, I can look at my life every morning, first point, and I can identify the opportunity to make destiny decisions. Genesis 1, multiply, be blessed, grow, advance, have dominion, overcome, have joy, have freedom, 
conquer. Uh, Genesis 1, I can look at my life every day and see it as the opportunity to make destiny decisions. So I go to work at 7 p.m. My Bible, my notebook. I was a unit secretary. So I have my phone, my call bell. Hey, can I get some ice water? Sure, give you ice water. Hey, can I get my nurse? Sure, get your nurse. Have my, my, you know, husband. Had all that. But on my downtime, downtime was from about 9 p.m. to about 2 a.m. I like church. We exist to shine the light, the good news. Light groups. Outreach will give 10% of every dollar. Our code, the values, high honor. We honor those we lead, those who lead us, those we work alongside, those who, high love, high excellence. The greatest message in the world deserves the best presentation. I'm going to this conference. I'm going to meet this pastor. Oh, our, oh I got to do our budget tonight. Gee, baby, I'll do the budget. You go to sleep. All right. Oh, wow. $1,000 paycheck. Rent 500. Light bill 100. Gas 100. Where am I grocery shopping at? Groceries 200. Food stamps 214. Wick. Gotta go to the Wick store. What was the purpose of it all? And I think what I had tapped into beyond all the the tough stuff, and uh, I think what I tapped into was, man, whoo, Jesus, it's 1 a.m., but there's someone out there who sleep that we're going to reach in a, in a few years. Come on, we can clap about that. There's a life who needs me to be awake. Destiny decisions. There, there's someone who's betting on this church to be here in 2016, 2017. 2018, 2019, there's some kid, there's some mom, there's someone who's depressed, there's someone who's suicidal, there's a marriage, there's a teenager. Destiny decisions. Destiny decisions. Deuteronomy 30 says this. Now listen, this is God, the children of Israel about to enter the promised land after 40 years of being in the wilderness, and he tells them now this is the deal. Same God who spoke to Adam. Today I am giving you a choice between life and death. Today, between prosperity and disaster, for I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commands, decrees and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and you will multiply and God will bless you in the land you're about to enter to occupy. Today, we can make destiny decisions. Pastor Kyra didn't have to listen to me. She chose to. But today, I can decide to smile. Today, I can decide to have a great attitude. Wow, look at all this opportunity. Today is the opportunity I can begin to budget my finances and grow in my faith. Today is the day I can begin to read the word of God and have God speak to me. Today is the day I can forgive my spouse. Today is the day I can have fun with my child. Today is the day. 
And it's all about destiny decisions. Hey, man, you ain't going out? No, I'm not going out. We went out when we were in high school. I did that when I was 19. I did that when I was 20. Hey, man, let's go out and have a couple drinks. No, I'm good. I, 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 need, to, I need to go home. I need to be in, in the place of God, in the presence of God. I need to get my vision right. I need to, this, this one is not going to feel good like last week. But it's a destiny decision. Let's gossip. No, let's not gossip. Let's dishonor. No, let's not dishonor. It's a destiny decision. Let's study hard. Let's work hard. Let's study long. Let's come in with the right attitude. Let's come in in excellence. Let's come in with an expectation. Let's come to church and worship. It's a decision. It's a decision. Every single day is an opportunity to make the right decisions. Why? Why? Next point. Because our decisions determine the quality of our destiny. Be lazy. No. I'm going to get up. Oh, you can work out next week. No. I'm going to start today. Yeah. You can have the talk next month. No, I'm going to have the talk now. Destiny decision. Destiny. Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going even when we don't see it? I just had a good friend um, on, on Instagram. She, um, uh, they, they've tried to get pregnant a few times, and uh, I, I love what she put. She, she just painted the room, and um, she put it on social media. She said, we're not pregnant yet. We've had a few miscarriages. But we live by faith and not by sight. I don't see it yet, but there is something. And every single day I have to see life as an opportunity. So because life is such a big opportunity, I can't just treat it any kind of way. Because life will bring me back what I give to life. God said, choose. It's on you. I love how God didn't say, all right, Adam, come on. Come on, Adam. Come on. Now, you see this tree, Adam? That's not how he talked to him. He didn't point a finger. He didn't yell at him. He said, son, look, because I'm a just just God, I'm an honest God, I'm a fair God, there is evil in the universe, and it seeks to hurt you and to harm you. There's a being out there, an entity who wants you depressed, who wants you down, who doesn't want you to win, who wants you to stop right here. But if you would just choose by faith the destiny decision, I'm going to step in and I'm going to bless it and I'm going to prosper it and I'm going to show up and I'm going to multiply it and I'm going to grow it. So you can choose this, or you can be intentional every single morning about your attitude, about the words you're saying, about the visions you're writing, about how you serve God, about how you worship God. You can be intentional every morning, and it's the decisions. It's the decisions. Some of you may need to make some decisions about some of your relationships. There are people that you're hanging out with that want nothing to do with God, but they want the blessing of God. And that's not the God we serve. 
You need to get around people who want God. Seek his face and not his hand. Decisions, decisions that determine our destiny. The second opportunity I see in the text is this, is the opportunity to cultivate the good. Oh, my God. To cultivate, if, if you're taking notes, it means to develop or nurture. To develop or to nurture for the best growth. I love it. He, he had him in a field. Um, just, just the other day, I ran into one of my, um, one of my neighbors who was complimenting Jaziel, complimenting us about Jaziel so much and how he reads. Every time they see him, he's reading on his way to the bus stop. And he's a, he, oh, my God, I wish my kids were like Jaziel. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how we do it in our home. We read all the time. Yeah, we, we read. We read a lot. It's a standard that we set. Me and mom, we read. We read when we wake up and we read going to bed. We read. And she's like, okay, you're a weirdo. All right, all that was a lie past the point of her complimenting him. But, um, like, he just, he loves to read. You give him a book, and he will read all day long. And I love it. And I love it. Just the other day, Judah was out of school. Jay-Zio had a half day, so Judah was out. And so I was getting a little Judah ready, and I was tying his shoes. And he said, Daddy, um, can you take me to the library? I said, sure, let's do it. So I got in the car, and so I'm driving. I'm like, all right, Judah, we're going to drop Jay off and go to the library. Uh, I said, hey, but you don't want to wait on Jay-Zio to go to the library with us? No, I want to go by myself. He's trying to be like his brother. And so we take him, and we take out like 15 books, and we read a book to him, and he's all happy. He's running out with his book and all that good stuff. And, and it's looking at that, and it's cultivating that. It's not keeping him away from that. Yeah. It's saying, hey, son, yeah, here's a book. Let's read it. Hey, Jay, before, before bed at night, read, read this book to your brother. Read, 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 this, read this book to your brother. We were just driving yesterday from dropping uh, PK off to flourishing. And y'all better be taking notes today. This is blessing me. Like I said, just always just hand, hand. Don't, don't be waking up. No, this hand, this hand. This is the hand series, not the blah, 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 blah. No, this is the hand. Someone say hand. Say hand. Yeah, there you go. Not the la dee This is the hair series. And so we were on the way home from dropping her off to flourishing. We were driving, and Judah was like, Daddy, I want to talk to Jesus. Hmm? Turn down music. Jay, turn off your tablet. Judah, let's do it. Lord Jesus, thank you for baseball, Coach. Thank you for new baseball season. Thank you for mommy. Thank you for daddy. Thank you for church. That's how he prays. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jay-Zil, your turn. Lord God, we thank you for this day. And uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Just half-hearted. Just half. <laughs> then I prayed. You got to cultivate that stuff. My kids are good. Your kids are good. You have a good job. You have people who love you. You have breath. You have strength. You have a sound mind. If you're married, you have a good spouse. I know there's good in your spouse. Come on, we can celebrate that. There's good in your spouse. Singleness is a gift. Cultivate the good. Nurture it. Develop it. Build it up. 
build it up, build it up. He, he put him in the garden, y'all. It says he placed him in the garden. Why? Because there was no one there to nurture it and develop it. So what I can do every single morning, having an optimal, the best awaits me and having the best attitude towards life is when I wake up, I can say, man, I have an opportunity to cultivate every good thing in my life. Every good thing in my life. Every good thing in my life. And this, this is what I believe Adam saw. I believe Adam saw all the good that was around him. You remember this list I, I mentioned last week? This list of needs. And then this list of halves. If you attended light group this week, light, light group was powerful. I went in my light group. I don't know about you. You need to get in a group. It'll bless your life. It'll change you. We had breakthrough. It was the most powerful light group ever and ever and ever. We did our list of needs. Then we did our list of what we have. This list could have kept going. Adam, okay. Okay, he, he affirmed it. Adam said, yeah, it could have kept going. This list of what we have could have kept going. But also, but the, the bigger thing than that is that this was more, the bigger thing than that, that's amazing. This is more, this is left. That's great, but that's not as great as this. This is what's great about it, is that what we have actually addresses everything that we need. It was breakthrough. It was revolutionary. You know, Pastor Carver said, we need a second car. But on the side of have, she said, we have a car, and it's a good car. And it gets us around. And it's saving us money not to have a second car. I love it. She said, on her needs, I need my mom in this season. But she said, I have a smartphone where I can FaceTime my mom and talk to my mom. And we have airplanes. And we have cars. And my mom can travel. And I can go to her. You see how you flip that? You have so much good in your life. That you can cultivate, but it's all in how you see it. And that's what Satan was going to come and do. We won't hit on Satan in this series. We'll get that joker next time. But that's what he's about to come to do in the next chapter. If you do this, you will be like God. Why would I want to be like God when I have everything that God has? I just don't have the weight of owning it. I have the blessing of stewarding it. I can develop it. I can grow it. I can nurture it. Come on, church. We can advance with what we have. I don't want to be God. I don't want to know what God knows. I want what God has for me. Jesus was telling this story about a... I love it. Jesus preaching stories. That's why I'm telling so many stories, so... My heart is for you to go home and read your Bible. I, I have you for 40 minutes. I, I got some stories to tell. Jesus preached in parables. And so he did it so that the common man would understand how God operated. So Jesus is telling this story about um, uh, this owner of a field. And he, he's going to give, like, money to three different servants. Um, one is going to receive five bags of silver. The other is going to receive two, and the other one is going to receive one bag of silver. And then this is what's crazy about it. The Bible says that the master who represents God disappears. He goes away for a season. So can I just, this is something I pour into my leaders all the time. Like, right now, we just believe as a church and our church leadership, uh, uh, as far as whatever God is doing like as leaders, he's given us what he's going to give us. And that not that he's not here, but as far as blessing our process, he's left the building. 
And right now as leaders, we're in a season where if we steward our people, if we love our people, if we lead our people, if we're present with our people well, we can expect him to give us more people in the very near future. Now, don't clap on that. But that's the principle. He left for a season. You have to catch that stuff when you read the Bible. You can't, oh, man, that's an amazing story. He gave the money and he left. Yeah, and just keep on reading. No, it's little things in the scripture. He left. So which tells me that there's a season to cultivate and there's a season to harvest. So now watch this. Okay, that's fine. So now watch this. Let's read the verse. Matthew 25, 19 says this. After a long time, their master returned from his trip. I'm back. And called them to give an account of how they had used the money. How did you use all the goodness? The servant to whom he had trusted and trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. And he said this here, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. It's funny how God gave Adam, the same God who's talking in Matthew 25 is the same God who's talking to Adam in Genesis 1 and 2. The same God who gave Adam a field to nurture and to cultivate when he was faithful with that gave him animals to name. So more, re- more responsibility is actually the reward. Lord, we want to have children. We want to have kids. But when those suckers grow up and they start talking back to you. Hello. Is the church here this morning? It's a sign that they're healthy. All right. Okay. All right. Well, bless us, Lord. Uh, All right. Uh, Adam named the animals. Adam has to work for this. Uh, Orange, black specks, long neck, eats off trees. Graffiti? No. Giraffe. Ah, he had to work for it. I, I, I got five bags. I worked it. Here's five more. Yes, I'm proud of you. Here, let's, come on, come on. And then it says this, the servant who had received two bags, verse 22 of the silver came back, and he said, Master, I got two bags, and I earned two more. Verse 23, the master said, "Um, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You go and read about the joker that had one bag. I'll leave that up to you, but what I will say is, is this. Every day I wake up. Jesus Christ. I have a favorable chance of developing and growing and investing into every good thing in my life. Every day I wake up. New day. All I need is some coffee. Now I'll be good. I can cultivate my potential. I can cultivate my faith. I can cultivate every good relationship in my life. 
like, 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 and, and what, that's what the enemy came to steal. He came to steal his perspective. I love it. Read it. Like, let, let that be your homework. When you go, read Genesis 1 through 3. Watch the enemy. The first thing he attacks is his perspective. He says, if you will do this, if you will bite this fruit, you will know as God knows. It's a ploy, and it's a motive, and it is an operation to make Adam feel as though he can't see life as the best life that God has for him. It's as if he's saying God is hiding something from you. God has not shown you anything. God is not giving you anything good. God is withholding something from you. But if I am Adam before the fall, I'm waking up and I'm saying, yeah, baby, I'm tired and it's tough and it's rough. But I'm going to make a choice to see life as an opportunity to advance and to grow and to prosper today. Today. There's too much destiny decisions. You, you know, I wrote the destiny decision and, 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 and cultivating the good there in the hospital. That's when I wrote in 2015 that 10 years after we launched, we're going to be the go-to organization for mentorship in Montgomery County, Maryland. That's when I wrote it. And now I have to make a decision. To grow in my relationship with God, cultivate that. He's the outreach king. He healed the sick and cast, healed the blind and casted out demons. He's the outreach king. So what do I need to do? I have a relationship with him. Now I got to cultivate it. This is free and it's easy. It's just I can get to know him. Lord, change my heart. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Bless my situation. Bless my life because you can trust me with people cultivating your relationship with the Lord. Destiny decisions. I'm going to be excellent today. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to have the right attitude. Today's a new day. It's a good day. God's best awaits me. I have everything I need to succeed. Come on, church. It's the optimal outlook. And, and this, this series is it's a couple weeks long. Go back to the podcast. But by golly, don't wake up tomorrow with the lottie dotty. <laughs> wake up with a hand. Yeah. There are three benefits to having an opportunistic outlook. Number one is this, is that you're going to receive more resource. More resource. We see that in the narrative. Multiplication. More bags of silver. Everything that you need will be met when you wake up and say, I have an opportunity, and you make the right decisions, and you cultivate the good. you got to see more resource released. The second thing, the second benefit is this, better opportunities. Adam went from cultivating the ground to naming animals. This guy went from Two bags to two more bags, and he gained more responsibility. I even tell you what happened with the third guy. The third guy hid his, his bag. The boss said, hey, attendants, give his bag to the one who gave me five more bags. Better opportunities. I just want an opportunity. 
Well, cultivate the good one that you have now. Cultivate it. Speak life into your kids. Speak life into your situation. Be present. And the third benefit is a great harvest. A great harvest. My, my prayer for you is that you would, you would understand that life is not a, a, a cyclic harvest. Like you're, you're, har- you're reaping the rewards and the benefits all the time. Life is cultivating harvest, cultivate harvest, cultivate harvest. That's how God said it. But the rewards are going to be there. The harvest is going to be there. When you wake up every morning and you say, today I have the opportunity to make destiny decisions. And today I may not have much. I may have two or three good things going on in my life. I'm going to cultivate those suckers. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Let's pray, church. Come on, let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you. We give you glory. Help us, Lord, have a faith-filled outlook, God, as we trust in Christ, as we grow in him, as we remain rooted in Christ. Give us the grace and the strength to wake up every morning and make godly decisions. Give us the grace and the strength to develop, to nurture, and to cultivate all of the gifts that you've given us. Thank you, Jesus. If you've never received Christ, every head bowed. Let's be praying, church. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. God loves you. He is madly in love with you. And today, God wants to fulfill every need in your life. And he did that by first sending his son on a cross to die for you. So God loves you. And today, you can come on home to him through Christ and have a new beginning. All who are in Christ have become a new creation. So I'm just going to ask that you would pray this prayer with us as a church. Maybe this is your first time giving your heart to the Lord, but we're going to pray together as a church. Go ahead and repeat after me. Say, Father God, I love you. Come on, church. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me for my sin. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I turn to you. Give me your spirit. Make me new. In Jesus' name, I am yours. Amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If that was your first time praying that prayer, we have a gift for you at the Next Steps tent. 
welcome to your new life. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you.